drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Episode 124 of Brewbloods. I'm Mark, and today we're getting the tables turned on us. Javi Fuentes from Central Track did a State of Texas craft beer roundtable with us and Ben Smithson back in November, and we decided to bring the same concept to this show. So it's Javi interviewing myself, Dustin, and Jennifer about the state of the Texas craft beer scene. Unfortunately, Ben couldn't make it uh, that night. Uh, I know for some of you that are not in the Texas scene, you may not be as into it, but I think you'll find some interesting stuff here all the same. It is worth noting that after we recorded this interview, we asked Javi to join the show, so you can expect to hear from him more often down the road. So without further ado, let's get down on it. back once again a, a good friend <laughs> unbelievable uh, yeah i know yeah, only like, like our sixth or seventh time to record uh, maybe here. more than that it's yeah. myself mark dustin and jennifer bearded lady and we're here with mr bearded lady as well yes <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> <laughs> he's not he's real reluctant to be in the mic and our old pal javi is back hey. Hey guys. i don't think you've been on the episode since dustin vomited over a goose island beer was that not right <laughs> Right? Wow. I think so. It's it's okay. been a while. It was one of the tainted the BCBS from last year. Oh. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, I think Javi. One. Yeah, that was bad. Yes. I think I think Javi brought that tainted one and Dustin vomited off of that. No, it's I, I bought a tainted oh, one. You and I did? had it at home. Yeah, no, yeah. don't don't blame me for his mistakes <laughs> yeah. or technically Goose Island's mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, te- uh, yes, technically it's definitely Goose Island's. It's my mistake mistakes. for yeah. buying it, I guess. It kind of tastes like a sour stout. It wasn't like, but not in a good way. Worse, but it was pretty. Didn't taste like that coming back up. <laughs> like I'm it was, it was like an in- unintentionally sour. <laughs> yeah, right? unintentionally sour. <laughs> yeah, they should have advertised that as a feature, not a not a right? <laughs> Just rebrand it with <laughs> zero uh, calories. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> just call, it, call it the dead stout or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like a zero calories. <laughs> it's yeah. it's new BCBS. Yeah, like exactly. back in the day, mm-hmm. right? The diet. So today, uh, if there's one thing we're known for on the show, it's our hard hitting fastball questions. But today, we're gonna have the tables turned on us. And Javi is going to ask us, he's going to interview us about the state of the craft beer scene in North Texas. Yeah. I'm expect- expecting nothing but uh, Nolan Ryan-style fastballs from you, sir. <laughs> oh, shish. It's going to be very hard-hitting. Yeah. Bring the heat. All right. So, yeah. So, this is basically, uh, l- let's call it a companion piece to an article that uh, that I wrote for uh, for my site, Central Track. Because- I guess it was partially, uh, you know, I was partially thinking about it because of, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had two beer festivals, kind of back-to-back, with Festival happening on one weekend and then Index Fest, which was y'all's most recent uh, episode, uh, happening the next. So I was just like, hey, you know what? This is uh, this a good time to just, in general, like, let's talk about uh, what Dallas's brewing scene looks like, you know? And, and, and uh, Texas Beer Week, it seems like the right time to do it. Uh, yeah, well, okay... Yes, I wasn't really thinking about North Texas Beer Week, to be honest, because, you know, I was looking at it and I was like, what, you've got Brewer's Ball, which is, you know, which is like more of an industry uh, type of event, really, that just happens to be open to the public, and then a bunch of random tappings. Like, I, at least for me, maybe this is something that we can start uh, talking about, Um, but let's talk about North Texas Beer Week. Like, for example, I feel... Real quick, uh, I feel that in the years, I don't know if it's maybe just because we've been drinking for longer, but it feels like the luster of it has gone away a little bit. Like, I feel like there, it was more of an event in years past, and now it's gone. It's just like, 
Uh, yeah, right? we're good. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Now it's just some bar saying, hey, we've got Tap Takeover by XYZ Brewery. Um, what do you guys think? Well, this year I'll say that it felt, I agree, it felt more subdued this year. Uh, I, because I felt like there were more luminaries outside the region that came in last year. Okay. Um, or even just but, years past, not even just last year. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I guess yeah. I'm thinking directly to last year when was it Doug O'Dell came in from uh, Colorado. That's and right. Nobody yeah. showed up to the event. Now, granted, the timing was terrible. It was at Whole Foods at 11 a.m. Yeah. He and I were the only ones that showed up. And yeah. what and happened was we showed up to talk to him. He'd already left because no he'd one already was there. left because nobody had showed up. We were we came near the end of the time frame and he had already left. Yeah, that's insane. And yep. that that I don't blame necessarily the organizers for that. Right. I blame the fact that there was well the only thing I blame them I would put like quote unquote blame on for was timing. Right. 11 a.m. on a Saturday at a Whole Foods. No, on a not Friday. A great time for an industry. It was a Friday, not even Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Especially okay. It's even worse. On a Friday yeah. during a workday, it's even worse. Yeah. So that was a bad time. Um, but it did feel like we didn't have as many luminaries <laughs> this year as we did in years previous. So we had uh, representation from Founders. Was that we had Founders live? Yeah, that's when we interviewed yeah. Dave Ingebers last year from yep. Founders. That was a particularly good interview. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of our few good ones. Uh, Doug O'Dell was here, which we didn't get to talk to. Uh, I can't remember who I was here last year, but it definitely felt like we this year, and much like um, Index Fest that we went to, it felt a little subdued overall. Right, and that's kind of what, you know, aside from the timing of the festivals, that's also one of the things that kind of um, mm-hmm. wanted me to talk to you all about the, uh, the, the state of uh, the, the beer scene here, because uh, there's a bit of a correction kind of going on. It feels like it's all sort of, like, to the to the layman, it might look like maybe craft beer is dwindling in Dallas. And I, I don't think that that's true, but, you know, with these kinds of news and the headlines, it could be very easy to assume that that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about it in that direction. Because mm-hmm. here, when we see it from here, it's like it's growing more. And um, I guess a little touch on even, like, the festival, like, the timing of the festival. Untapped used to open up North Texas Beer Week. Right. And so I thought that was an amazing thing to open up North Texas Beer Week because then you're like kicking it off. You're like, hell yeah, let's do this. We're gonna do this whole week. And this week, this year, it just was totally taken away from it. And there wasn't a lot of people that came in from other states. Like, I mean, I know Goose Island pulled out, which they always have their bourbon counties, and that's right. always delicious. A few uh, other people pulled out, and oh, um, really? So was it them? I mean, there wasn't, like, a lot of, a lot of, like, outer, I, I mean, mean, there was a few. Deschutes, but, like, Deschutes yeah. normally brings their big barrel truck. Yeah. They did And they yeah. just showed up with a little pissant booth. Yeah. This year. So, they were still there. Founders were still there. I mean, some of the big, some of the big ones from out of state, but it was not yeah. near the representation they've had in the past, for no, sure. No, they didn't come with their big guns, and I don't know no. if that was part of the Index Fest. I'm not sure. They also shut down a lot earlier. I mean, it was just, it was very different from years past. Um, well, but going back yeah. to, yeah. Oh, like you said before we were even on, you know, they've shifted their focus for that mm-hmm. whole Index Fest over to music and food away from beer. And beer is kind of like a, a supplemental thing, which, which is was odd. everywhere. I didn't understand. Yeah. I was like, everywhere. Well, really, everywhere. it's, it's yeah. weird that they advertise it as, as 
music, food, and beer, and yet food was not advertised at all. There was no mention of the food trucks, and there was barely any food at the festival itself. No vegan options, by the way. Oh, that's even worse. I had to eat pretzels that were smothered in butter, and I was like, oh, Uh, I'm dying. Paula Dean would be proud. It's yeah, it's yeah. tough being a vegan beer fan. It seems like it is. You know? It's very very hard. It's always paired with something. It's hard out there for a vegan. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, but to your question, that was like the dwindling of DFW. I think that that may be seen from the outside world, but it isn't true because I think you're right. There is a correction, and there are breweries that open and close very rapidly here because they are not making they are they are making subpar beers so you have to come out i mean i thought about opening a brewery and then to be honest i was like holy no i can't do that i have to have somebody that has to make this amazing one beer to make it like the flagstaff and make it that beer and then we can go from there. And you right. could have done that like, in, like it, 2009. Exactly. Right. Like it almost feels like you have to have a, you have to have a barrel aging program. You have yep. to have a canning line already, and then you already have to have like a cool tap room that will somehow bring in the neighbors. Right. And and while you're at like you might as well incorporate a sour program. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just because you're wildly fermented program, just yeah. build a whole other extension to whole other wing to your facility. No, absolutely. So, yeah, I was just going to say, I think what you're seeing here in Dallas is, is what we're seeing around the country. It's, uh, I think we've had such explosive growth in craft beer around the country. I think it was due for a correction. And I think this is just a, it's a lull, it's a correction, it's whatever you want to call it. The wheat is getting separated from the chaff, to use another analogy. It's, you know, the, the guys who are, who are not making good beer are going to fall out eventually because there, there are so many options to choose from. Plus, people become loyalists. They're going to go back to the people that make good beer. That's what I was going to say, too. I mean, it's you had the new hotness run for a while, yeah. and then that all kind of calms down. And you have to have good quality, steady beer to maintain. Yeah, you add other things onto it, but yeah. I think, yeah. as you see, all these successful breweries have some kind of notable beer that people think are, is good. There's usually at least one, even if they don't do everything great. Yeah, there's right. always one great beer. Yeah. Also, whenever you go to like those saturated um, areas like Denver, where you're going to mm-hmm. go soon, or even Alaska, we were in Alaska a couple years ago. Um, the beautiful thing is, is like they have all the really good breweries in a certain spot. But also they have like outlier cities that are opening these small breweries that I mean, they're like, okay beer. But the best thing about those is there's community built around it. And I really appreciate that as well, because that brings in beer and community and all of what we are like, about. That trend there, is there's that whole that yeah. there's that whole idea of kind of having your neighborhood mm-hmm. like brewery almost. And. I feel like I see that a little bit more. Like, I mean, at least here in Dallas, just because of how spread out it is, it's a little bit more difficult. But I know, like, in Denton, like, that's what it, like, I feel like I see a lot more of that kind of kind of vibe, so, which is... shutting down. So. What's up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, who, who's still left up there? Like, there's Armadillo Ale Works. They just moved there, and I think right. that... I'm, well, they were originally technically a Denton brewery. Yeah. Uh, and they were... They were they always Board build themselves a, as a Denton beer, yeah. even though they, uh, they were, like, brewing out of... Contract brewing out of Deep Ellum, and then they <laughs> kind of went away, but, I mean... Funny. Well, Lakewood's they not had, Lakewood, but that's fine. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Liquid is not liquid. Yeah. They have um, Audacity, which I have heard rumors that it's closing down. And then when I was, I'm working out there right now during my day job, and people are like, I didn't know that they were closing down. So it's like a weird um, situation. It's a great community spot. It's an amazing place for me to go hang out with, like like hang out and stuff like that. There's kind of a venue there, kind of, and but they're shutting down because they made. Like no money. Yeah. That sucks. And and Which now Denton County Brewing Company is now open, and they are actually playing with some cool things. Yeah, you you've hyped them. them up. Like I wanna I'm I, I wanna go back there. Last time yeah. I was up there was a couple of weeks ago. Whenever I saw Nick Offerman at uh yeah at Windstar. Hell yeah. And then I spent the Sunday there, and I was like, I just hung out at the Oak Street Draft House. I love that. Well, spot. yeah. I mean, like that. You gotta go there. But like, I I, I want to go check out. Denton County for sure. Oh yeah. Um, it, it sucks because the Audacity guys. A couple times I met them, they were really enthusiastic about what they yeah. were doing, and they were great cheerleaders. You know, I can't speak to all their beer. I've only had I'd only had a couple of them. You know, what we could get, we got canned locally, and what we had at festivals. And what was the the one that was the brown can with the north uh, the UNT flag? Uh, bullet, bulletproof. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was everywhere, but that's all we got here. So I can't really speak to all their beer. But they were great cheerleaders for it. It sucks to see them go, but if they weren't making good beer or they weren't in the right spot, mm-hmm. it's just the natural situation. It was a great spot. And they made one really, like, yeah, I've never been there, just so. outrageous beer at Oktopia, which is now in Deep Ellum. I'm not particularly super happy about that. But um, they made an Oktopia beer, and it was the perfect, like, pecan praline beer. It right. was the best beer that they've ever made, and we've never been able to find it since. And it yeah. was fantastic. If they were to able, like, were able to make that beer again, they'd yeah. fly. I mean, that sounds very familiar to our old buddies from Firewheel, right? They oh, had yeah. the yeah. Midnight Ninja yeah. or whatever that <laughs> yeah, one why? style was called. That's a question about Firewheel. Why did Firewheel ever stop making the Midnight Ninja? Yeah. Right. That was... The one, like, not to, not to, you know, beat on a somebody's already beaten down, but <laughs> it's a double dead horse technically. Double dead horse <laughs> to beat a double dead horse. I mean, that was the one good beer they made was the Midnight Ninja. So let, let's bring it back to the positive. So to kind of, uh, you know, so are we talking like, you know, doom and gloom closing and all that stuff? Let's 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 go back to. Uh, what, what, what are some of the breweries that you guys are real excited about? Like, I know that your answer is probably going to change from the article since you've maybe have uh, talked to a few more breweries uh, after Index well, Fest. I think, um, and this is partly being, I don't know, slanted, I guess, to our own show, but I always love to see what Tufts is doing. We, you know, we talked to him on the show. They were one of our first interviews, so maybe that's me being biased. <laughs> but I love to see what those guys are doing because... It's interesting because they're so far out there in McKinney. I say so far out, but so far out from where we are. No, it is far out there, man. I mean, and you can't take, it's not like you can take a train there. No. It's not easy to get to for us. And they have an awesome tap room. They have a great tap tap room. room. And those guys are just like bootstraps, very, um, like a family run business. I love that. about what they're doing. Yeah. I love the, I love those guys. And they love talking. You can just watch them with other people. They love talking to their to their fans. It's great to see. Um, I mean, as we always talk about, I'll never stop talking about Petacolis. I love Petacolis. Yes. Um, <laughs> Me too. I'll just yeah. stop there. Love, yeah. I love their beer. I love their whole setup. Um, I love the way they operate. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll stop there. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think the two I cheer for most are Petacolis and Tups. Yeah. 
Uh, now, it's probably no coincidence they've been on the show. Right. But, and then in Lakewood, like, I have, you know, Lakewood, I, I love Lakewood f- because they were, like, one of my early experiences in a craft beer. I love the Temptress and all the variants. Yeah. Um, I think what they're doing with their sour program is really interesting. And I love how involved with the area with the community. Dustin, what about what about you? Uh, to get local, I would say uh, hyper local. I guess I would say uh, Lakewood and uh, Oak Islands. I'm always interested yeah, in what both Oak of those Islands are doing. Right. I forgot about Thank them. You. Um, the, one of the great things about the festival was, and we did some interviews with them, was getting to know the Fort Worth guys. You know, we don't don't make it to Fort Worth, mm-hmm. so it was great to have some experience with Collective and you know just a, a couple of the other ones over there. And, Pop Fusion. Yeah, and it it's just interesting they. Collective is one of the most interesting breweries, I think, in the whole area, and I wish oh I wish we got more Ramen. of their stuff. Ramen in yeah. your beer? Yeah. No, but yeah, that, that, that was really cool to go to the Fort Worth Fort Worth row there. and um, But yeah, it's just, I'm also excited just about this whole idea of all these little, like I kind of said in the article, these local breweries Super coming up micro. in the neighborhoods and the, and the suburbs. We are so spread out. It's going to be a unique experience in all the different areas. And I kind of wish that would actually be a nice element to the festival if these guys were big enough that they could maybe bring some of that stuff and maybe get into Big Texas Beer Fest or something like that. And then you could really – because how often are you going to get out to Rowlett if you're in Fort Worth or something? I don't know. It would just be nice to get that exposure just to to try them out. And – Oh, Jennifer? Yes. <laughs> what about you? Um, I do love the collective. I love everything that Martin House is coming out with. Speaking yes. of Fort Worth, um, I oh, like. You had their like new coconut. What is it? That uh, darkness. Darkness Falls. Yeah, darkness yeah, falls. Oh, good. so good. I actually have like Sea Witch in my refrigerator right now, waiting to do like a YouTube review. <laughs> I had I had Sea uh, Witch was at it festival. Good? It was. Oh it was so good. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 they. Martin House makes the only... They're the ones that do uh, Salty Lady, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, th- that's the only gose that I can actually stand to drink. So, literally, like, um, Sea Witch and Queen of... Gosh. Queen of the Mist. Queen of the Mist. Thank you. Yep. Queen of the Mist. Those are all variants of the yep. Salty Lady. Yep. Yep. So, they're it's just barrel-aid variants, which is really, really cool. Um, and then Dallas. I mean... I have, like, my favorites, like, Community and Pedicolis and, I mean, Intrinsic is doing cool things. They're kind of playing with everything, and Noble Ray, I mean, I'm wearing the Eagle yeah. Tears right now. <laughs> Hashtag Ray, really Brandon. sucks, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, you know, everything's just, I feel like it's just going to be an amazing ride to be with Dallas in this growth, which sure. is going to be, I mean, it's going to be fun. And I'm, you're right. Those micro, micro breweries are going to be fun and they're going to be more plenty whenever we get saturated. And that's going to be yeah. fun because that's community. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, do, it, I do feel like our marquee beer in the city though, if you're looking for somebody to point at, if you're coming from out of this, out of the state, out of the region, it's Lakewood Temptress because, yeah, and, I, and specifically probably the BB. Not that the Temptress, the regular Temptress, is a bad beer. It's not by any stretch. It's a great milk style, but the BBT, um, that's one that I feel like people from out of the region are very familiar with, and that's kind of our marquee beer. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping, and I don't she know if it needs to be, tasty. it is. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Like where I want other breweries. I'm waiting. Yeah, Velvet Hammer is, but you can't get it outside a 50-mile radius. Right. No, you can't. I'm waiting, like, where's the next beer? Because, Pet- you know, Michael has, Pe- Michael Pedagos has no interest in right now distributing outside that 50-mile radius. 
Whereas, you know, the Liquid guys are kind of the reverse. I think they want to go as big and bad as they're able to within their their means. So where where's the next guy? Where's where's our next the Liquid next temptress? temptress? Yeah, yeah, that's no, gonna I be get that. That's kind of yeah. what Wynn said in the interview with us too. That they, you know, they do want to expand and they yeah they want to hit the beer lover with the temptress and then the common person with the right. alcohol and kind of. Hit yeah. both markets, and, and then that allows the them to do program. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I, I hate. I don't want to use this as a, this is not a disparaging comment, but I think it's actually probably a good thing for them. But I feel like Liquid is our Goose Island. You know, they have yeah. they have their just like Goose Island had the BCBS and all the variants. Liquid has the Tiptress and all of its variants, and then they have their their roster of beers. But that's their marquee beer. It's much of what Chicago. I mean, just you know, three Floyds. Not to cast them aside, but you know, like. They leapt to the forefront, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of what Dallas is known for is the Temptress and all its variants right now. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I think that's great for Lakewood. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, honestly, I think they make the best session IPA in the area, the like Hopochondria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's like my pool beer Yeah. if it's not Lone Star. Sorry. I know this is a crab beer podcast, but right. <laughs> I'm the, the hipster, apparently. <laughs> but... You know, interestingly enough, uh, just hearing all of y'all's um, responses, I don't hear a lot of love for the mid-city breweries. And that's something that I know I'm guilty of because, honestly, sure. I mean, if it's north of 635, you know, uh, a high, for for people listening that are out of state, it's a highway that, you know, is uh, runs, what, uh, yeah. east to east to west. and it uh, uh, Dallas. Yeah, it's like it's basically on the northern border of Dallas, yeah. and then north of it is uh, where the suburbs are. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, once you get up north of 635, it's kind of hard to, like, really muster... Like wanting to go to a brewery or a tap room. Well, like I mean, I know about I, Bitter Sisters. Yeah. I know about like all those other places. But like, I just never well, I think, end up making. I think part of the, the problem time. is is distance in the state, which those of us who live here know. But people who aren't like when we when the when the hurricane hit Houston a few months ago, the number of people asking me on Facebook or in person like, "Oh, are you okay?" Mm-hmm. Like you don't realize how far <laughs> Houston is four hundred miles away from Dallas. Thoughts and prayers and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the old T's and P's. Um, but then from there, just to go even zoom in even further on the Google map, like you don't realize how far away like McKinney is or to Arlington is away or Fort Worth is from Dallas. And so right. you got to look at the mid-cities. Yeah, you may have Wild Acre there and other. Are they? Well, whoever. Um, who are I'm, I'm overlooking the mid-cities. What is? Wild Acre. Wild Acre, okay. So, I mean. <laughs> they're the mid-cities because people are going from A to B or B to A. Like, there's a reason that the mid-cities are the, city, are the, the cities of bits, you know, of amusement parks. It's like they're trying to find their thing to attract people, but it's tough because people are getting from Fort Worth to Dallas or back to, you know. Right. It's, it's naturally overlooked because it's a transit city, unless you're going there for a sports game or an amusement park, or you just happen to be living there. Right. It's, it's, I think it's just a natural, unfortunately, it's a natural place to overlook. That I mean, makes that me wonder the then beer. why anybody would even want to open Probably a brewery. They, but also, like, I feel like those are the people that they're maybe we should be paying attention to because they're the ones that are maybe advocating that sort of neighborhood brewery uh, concept that we've been talking about. Because it's an under, underserved market, so I understand yeah. why people yeah. want to work. Well, like 903, too. I mean, they're kind of yeah. a little bit out there, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, Sherman. We, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh rabbit hole. Just a little bit Everybody out there. Rabbit hole and Justin. Loves it. I mean, yeah. they're doing they're or doing awesome. Shannon Brewery too, like yeah. Eric Keller. 
Those are pretty far, but I mean, they're doing pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Still, like, you're able to get it so, here. You know, it, it does make me think that, you know, just because you are in the mid cities doesn't necessarily mean that you're doomed to fail. No. No, oh, no. You know, and I, and I, and I appreciate that because, I mean, I, I Put it this way, like, I mean, I know that I'm kind of guilty of not supporting some of the mid-city breweries and whatnot, but I don't want any of them to fail. No, you know, like, sure. as long as they're making good product, I don't want their location to be the reason why they don't fail. And I think people like Tubbs, people like Shannon, like yeah. 903, all those guys, they're uh, they're a good example of of that. The Tubbs I've had while they're really making really good beer. Yeah, they are. They I'm about just, to get it right now, actually, yeah. to get the snap. Which um, one? It's a ginger snap. Beer. Oh, is that the one? No, nope. no, that's the no, not that one. Oh, Okay. I like Wild Acre. I mean, I like Wild Acre. Oh gosh, Moonlight, Moonlight Shine. Every time yeah. I say that, I have to say it with a Texas accent. Moonlight, Moonlight Shine. shine. Uh, Moonlight Shine is like Yeehaw. a really good, right? A really good blonde <laughs> with some vanilla in there. I mean, it's a really, really tasty beer. They make some great beers there. Um, but yeah, the the mid city beers, like the breweries, are. Yeah. Again, I go back to you have to have that awesome beer. Yeah. You have to have that, like, amazing, someone goes over there or sees it somewhere, and it's like, you know, it's a hot summer day. I'm going to get yeah. Wild Acre Moonlight Shine. And it has to reach outside your little Yeah, zipper. exactly, because I can get Wild Acre in Dallas. Like, you can get it at Hop Dottie. Yeah. I'm easy. I've and never even been to the Richardson Brewery, the one that has the playing cards. I can't think of the name of it. Oh, now, uh, Four Bullets. Yeah, Four Bullets. Yeah, yeah. Never I've, even been there. I mean, that's that's like one like suburb away. We've yeah. been, we've been <laughs> like to right Bitter there. Sisters because of the Dallas Bitter Brew Bus. We've been to, what's the one that was in uh, Allen? Oh, uh, Nine Band. Nine Band. We've been there because of the Dallas Oh, Brew. yeah, Nine Band. They're there. still around, right? They are? <laughs> okay, yeah. They're, I remember. <laughs> mark. I, re- yeah. I remember trying them a while yeah. ago, and they had like a like a barley wine that was just they yeah, had they a had good wine. I, yeah, the toe ch- the toe choker. I yeah, think. yeah. Oh, that was so good. I won't yeah. speak to some of their other issues, but uh, that was personnel related at the time. That no. wasn't their beer related. So speaking of Arlington, right. over there by Cowboy Stadium is Division. If you're talking about small yeah, breweries that are really good, it's another one that's good. I love the fact that they decided just to do uh, what was it? Sours and IPAs. Wildly nice. sours that's IPAs, it. and didn't they do wildly fermented also? Or it could be wrong. Yeah, but it was only a couple of things. Yeah. I think that's a good trend too. And they have a small little tap room, but it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think there needs to be more breweries that just are specialized and like not even like just a couple of styles, but maybe like even one. Like I mean, I know that they're not local, but. Cascade Brewing out of Portland just made such an impression on me because yeah. not only did their beer are their beers awesome, but they just had this one thing. They did it well. They did so many varieties of it. You know, um, I remember having like two or three flights whenever I went over there. I sure mm. I, I, I I took a cab. Don't worry, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but I just remember that making a real big impression, and I feel like there's yeah. got to be, like, uh, if anything, I feel like the next wave of Dallas breweries yeah. need to be just super well, specialized. You're about to go to Denver. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a brewery in Denver in... Um, We're North, talking about Dallas. Section. Anyways, no, they, they just do red ales. They do variations yeah. on red ales. The which ones? I, I forget. It's in, it's in Denver. I forget the name of it. I'll tell you later. Because well, uh, I, I have a crawler in my fridge, but they just do variations on red ales. There's... They, I mean, they don't look just like a red ale, and they have a wide flavor palette, but they're just red ales. It's a tiny little tap room. Nice. But it's awesome. I mean, That's a good idea. also, like, have a couple where you're going mm-hmm. again, because um, I think that this is an easy way to kind of 
see what our future will be in Dallas because yeah. De Denver has been doing it for a long time. Right. Um, like Crooked Stave and yes. Black Project. Those yeah, are State. just sours. Awesome sours. Yeah. I mean, they only do sours, also, and they are delicious. And they should only they should continue to only do sours yes. because they're so good. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna make my sister bring me back a few yes. bottles because. Well, you can bring back some too. Just check well, it back. Well, no, they're gonna drive, so oh, like I don't uh, have to. You know, I'm only bringing a carry on. Put so like a not just beer either. Stuff yeah. on there. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. not just beer either. <laughs> um, but you know, also, I mean, if we're talking about uh, Denver scene, I feel like Dallas needs its own black metal brewing. Like I, think, brewery. I think what like, we, I feel like we need one of those. We yeah. need more you corner know? brewery pubs, like corner yeah. brew pubs. Yeah. I think we could de we could really in the right neighborhoods, like we're good for right now. They don't make their own beer, but it's a perfect corner pub. Like oh my gosh, you're living yes. in Lake Highlands, you can you can easily walk to this or walk home if you get drunk. Yeah. yeah. It's mm -hmm. great. It's or it's short, like a two dollar Uber right home. It's a two dollar Uber. It's yeah. it's perfect. That's you know? what's awesome about Denton right yeah. now, and I think they have such a great market for this, and I really hope that they fly with it because Denton County Brewing Company is that corner brewing company. Yeah. They started out with just bringing like other people's beers in, which was smart because it's a brew pub. Yeah. And now they're making their own beers. Um, some people were offended by that. I think that was kind of smart because you're you have beer ready and mm -hmm. people that like that beer, and you can work on your own beer. So it is that spot, and yeah. Denton has the ability to do that. Even Corinth, even those little areas that are kind of like beer people, they can do it all around that area. This is, I mean, even here, like what you were saying. But yeah. absolutely. Well, I was mean, excited when they first opened in Deep Ellum. They didn't even serve their own cider. They didn't have a license yet to serve, so they served everybody else's cider. But they had a small shotgun tap room Thank to you. serve from. And I mean, I really appreciate. I mean, if we're talking about brew pubs, like I mean, I gotta give so many props to um, to Brain Dead. Yeah. Just because, like, I mean, like I like I mentioned in the article at the time when my lease was up, and I saw that they were uh, they were actually going to finish being built. Like, I made. I was like, you know what? I want to have like my neighborhood pub or yeah. or bar or whatever. And it's a I place where maybe you know, like everybody knows really your name. What's up? Where everybody knows your name? Yes, except nobody does because <laughs> there's uh, they they change the the staff a lot. But whatever. Uh, the point is that uh, you know, like I feel like they're doing a, a, an amazing job with their yeah. beers because they've got a good. Uh, a good amount of like they, they have like their stables you know like they've got their uh their uh what was it like cream ales uh they've got a uh, like ipas and stuff and then they start doing like crazy stuff like yeah. the um man i'm gonna have to uh remember the names of some of those but i know uh, they're the big yeah, imperial yeah, stout yeah. that i can't remember the name of that i love so much because uh, i got so drunk off it of last year anyways but they, they make a couple of red ales that are really good. The, the yep. two that are named after after uh, Star Wars. After Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Was it Red yeah. Five and something else that are really there's good? There's a P Wing. There's yeah. A, I mean, yeah. there's a couple of them that I know exactly what you're. Yeah, but like talking about, but I can think of them. Also, I mean, they've got the uh, the Idle Plate things, which is their uh, Belgian Strong Golden Ale. Amazing! I get it all the time. They have a We Own the Night and We Own the Brunch. Uh, combo that's like a they're they're both imperial stout and we own the brunch has like uh, coffee yeah. uh, coffee in it and it's it's so good and they're 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 one of the only uh, breweries in Dallas really that I make it a point anytime that they release something new to like go out there and try them but you know just much like Lake Collins and and where you are in Deep Ellum 
like they're in a sweet spot of neighborhoods, and they are. What it what that's going to take is more neighborhoods like the Rhino District in Denver. Like there's it's a great walking area, right? Yeah. There's a lot of little pocket neighborhoods in Denver that you can just walk to. Dallas is not a walkable city for most of it. No. And you need those. You need more day, and there's a lot of consternation because. Then you get into the whole gentrification discussion of people, you know, developers trying to come in, yep. trying to remake the neighborhoods, which is good on one hand. It sucks because yes, it kicks lower income people out. That's that's terrible, and Dallas is really bad about supporting lower income folks. But that's what you need is more. Look at the look at the cedars uh, right yeah. now, you know. But you need you need the if you're if you want that kind of culture, you need more neighborhoods that are kind of a little bit more up and coming to support. Places like Good Friend, like Brain Dead, that are walkable, that are more. Uh, what do you, I don't even what you call it? Like just socially mobile, I guess. I don't know. You know, and speaking of up and coming neighborhoods, like I mean, I think it is interesting to note that, for example, um, you know, Four Corners, um, they went from a previously dead area, uh, um, you know, Trinity Grove. I think it was. Yeah, whatever. yeah, Trinity Grove. Um, just west of downtown and the Trinity River, and now they're forced. I forget if they chose to move or they were kind of kicked out, but now they're in the Cedars neighborhood, Definitely. and I wonder how that's going to play out for them. Well, like, that, I mean, that whole Trinity area is such tr- financial trouble. It's yeah. it is. We had that's so many cool restaurants. To go, it's cool, but there's so like many restaurants neat. that have closed. Right, they yeah. close all the time. Yeah, yeah. L- actually, Luck is one of the only original ones, I think, and. Yeah. I wonder if they're ever going to move out of there or if they're just going to keep that, that I don't there. know if it's due to rent or yeah. it's just they don't get as much traffic as they thought they would sure. or both. I don't know what it is. I mean, every yeah. time I've been, it's it's pretty hopping. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that area, and I've always... But also, I've, it's hard to get to, yeah. you know? And also, I've been in Dallas since I was younger, and... I know that area is where the prison is. I get Bishop Arts District is like really cool, and Trinity Groves yeah. is really cool, but there still is a very large prison. So Lou, yeah. It's Lou Stair down it, there, right? It's like that's where yeah. the prison is in Dallas. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I really love, and that used to be the nice part. Of, like Oak Cliff was the nice part of town. Yeah, um, it used to be. Yeah. That was like million dollar homes and all of those wonderful things back in the it day. It sucks trying to look on Zillow there. It's like right? uh, I know, exactly. it's like when uh, Marty McFly goes into the future and Back yeah. to the Future Two, and his neighborhood is turned into fairly upwardly wealthy into a complete s hole yeah, of a neighborhood. Exactly. That's what Oak Cliff became. It's, exactly. It's completely it's coming back. Though. Now they're trying and, you know, it has to. Be, it is coming it. back. Exactly. Cedars is Cedars is going to turn around too. I think. Yeah, it is yeah. coming back. But I mean, have you happens. been to the Cedars, dude? It is. It is like a post-apocalyptic yeah. wasteland movie backdrop. Like, oh my God. unless you turn your camera, like, well, around if you draft look, house, like, if you go off a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, unless you're off of Herve or Lamar, like, it's yeah. it's freaky, man. Um, so that's why, again, that's why I was thinking, like, man, is I wonder if, like, how. Four Corners will integrate themselves within that neighborhood, or I don't know if they're just going to help maybe prop up the neighborhood, only to unfortunately be kicked kicked out of it. You know, yeah. like I mean, yeah. I hope it's not the second for sure because I like them. I like, you know, but yeah, I, I you know if I've ever had a bar, they're like usually a really good uh, like uh, solid beer to get. You know, yeah. Well, this right where we are is a good example of 
things turning around. I mean, if you go and read about, uh, you know, Good to Go Taco was an institution that is now a dumpling shop over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. before it, this was a biker bar that had multiple murders. Yeah. And, and that was pretty much the, all that was over here. Yeah. And now you see, here. yeah. Yeah. Now we were on the way here and we were like, oh, yeah. is this really the right spot? <laughs> but Lake Highlands has really turned around, you know? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, the, yeah, the lake house used to be a strip club, and oh, I mean, nice. you know, everything's everything's turning. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, you missed out. You missed out. <laughs> By about there's, there's still years. another one down the road if you oh, want to okay, go. Good. But yeah, that, oh, we'll that one's closed. <laughs> so, I mean, there's others on the way home if you want to partake. Plano Road, just take Plano Road straight north. You'll, there's a strip club on your left. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's gross. Anyway. That's uh, Mr. Bearded Lady that wants to go to the strip club, everybody. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Me too. And this is all about the local Dallas beer scene. Yeah. It is. It is. So speaking to that, like, one of the points that I've been, like, I feel like I've been trying to advocate for a few years now is that I feel, personally, uh, since we were er- earlier talking about uh, beer festivals, is that I think that we, uh, not only should there be specialized breweries, uh, you know, focusing on one specific style, but also I feel like there should be, um, Puppy like, yeah, real cute dogs. Uh, but also, um, you know, kind of niche beer festivals. Festival is a good example. You know, festival is I think the only example is the good example because it's the only example. Well, there's also like. the um, there's the home brewers festival that I've never been to because it's always on a Sunday and I'm too lazy to get out of the house on Sundays. Right uh, for. A Firkin Fest. There's also uh, that is when is Firkin when is that? I feel like that's anyways. Like, there's Firkin Fest festival. There's a Homebrewers festival. Uh, those are probably the three niche festivals. And then we on the large front we've got Index and we've got Big Texas Beer Fest. But I agree with you. Like we need more specialized stuff in Big Texas and Index kind of cater. As Chad, who is the owner of Big Texas, when there was a big thread on the DFW craft beer. Uh, Facebook group, yeah, talking about people were complaining about Index Fest, and he's like, "Look, you guys in this group are hardcore craft beer drinkers. You're only maybe 25 percent of my audience." He's like, "You have to understand, I'm catering to the other 75 percent. I'm trying to convert those people into craft beer drinkers." They're also a bunch of people. trolls. Oh yeah, yeah, of so, course. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> of course. By the way, where can I find a good northeastern IPA? Yeah, right. yeah that's I'm, every I'm other post. Who's making an Does North IPA? Texas make any good it, IPAs? No, I think on, was one of the questions. I, I, ISO, um, any IPA, uh, FT, um, Bourbon County. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. And you're like, what? And then drain pour everything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. pretentious. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag I love y'all, but come on. <laughs> I, I think, and this is not the fault of Index, it's not the fault of Big Texas. Uh, we have archaic beer laws in this stupid state that don't allow us to, for our breweries, to produce these variants of their beers without months and months of planning involved and getting label approval from the CABC. They can get around it a little bit with Perkins, but they can. They're, they're still just manipulating something they already had. But like, Le- like community with the Legion, they've been planning that for six, nine months. Yeah. Um, the the funnel cake beer that uh, who put that out? Was that Lee? Was that community also? That's community too. Um, okay, and Deep Ellum with the uh, Jameson uh, beer, like that was all planned well in advance. They didn't just bring that to the festival spontaneously. Yeah. You know, I, Oak Highlands with the with the white wine freaky deaky. I don't know about that one. That seemed a little more spontaneous two years ago. Yeah. But maybe they were playing a little shady under the table with if they were Bravo. Yeah. Um, keep it up. Keep it up. But that's <laughs> what we need more of. I think. I mean, I we always dip into this well of the Holiday Elf Festival in Portland. 
good example of a niche beer festival where everybody brings a variant, they don't bring their standard stuff. And they bring some awesome, exciting, just cool, crazy stuff. Also, uh, beer advocates, uh, I know I talked about it in my article but uh, about a festival, but like beer advocates, uh, extreme beer festival, that's like just only like the super booziest beers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel that, like it seemed that that was kind of festival beer. this year. Was yeah, I mean, tacos well, and yeah, tacos, tacos, yeah. and uh, tacos. tacos, and super boozy beers. But also, then, then again, I had quite a few four, four point five, yeah, four percent ABV beers. So, like, I mean, it was, it was, yeah. uh, we, they ran the gamut. Like, it was a well, uh, well curated festival for sure. But you know, interestingly enough, it kind of sounds like maybe the issue isn't even so much that. We don't have the drive or that sort of want to have those sorts of festivals, but rather that we have the ability. Yeah, stupid TABC is limiting it. Yeah, you yeah. know. And on top of that, if you're going to have another big festival, you need something more unique than yeah. just being right. over beer, which is kind of what Index is trying to do. Big Texas is like the lone holdout of being. Yeah. we're just a beer festival. Yeah. So they're yeah. that they're holding that they're you know they planted their flag in the ground. It seems like Chad. His wife are really committed to that. If we're just going to be beer, I mean, and, uh, and don't get me wrong, like they like Big Texas Beer Festival is awesome because I feel like what Chad was talking about regarding um, trying to open up and convert others to craft beer. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what it does. I also feel like it's a good place to just in general kind of hang out. Yeah, um, you know, uh, just. I don't know. I feel like we we went a f- quite a few years yep. in a row and everything, and it was uh, it was really relaxed and and whatnot. Um, I mean, I think maybe the first couple of years might have been a little more hectic, just because everybody was like, "Oh, who's Jester King? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, who's who's founders? Like, yeah, pains, like every festival. I mean, uh, yeah, but but all- now like it's kind of leveled out to where I feel like it's a more relaxed affair, yeah, and I think there's definitely a place for that. But there's also nothing saying that it's impossible for both. For Dallas to have both like super niche, like specialty beer festivals, or um, or really general ones. If anything, yeah. you know, now that I think about it, Pedicle's annual um, anniversary party is kind of sort of as niche yeah. as you can get. Where it's like, yeah. That's oh, super niche. let's bust out yeah. only Pedicola's joints and have like the crazy yeah. variations. Like, right. I'm sorry. Like the some of the wintervention stuff is amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love it. And <laughs> I, I would love oh, to see a true winter festival in Dallas, like yes. Holiday Hill. I mean, first let's have actual winter. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, like, well, that's going to require. Last year we didn't even get one. It's going to require rolling back carbon emissions. Carbon emissions about thirty years. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we could also pray to the like snow gods. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like sacrificing some I know other few. humans. Yeah, right. I'll hit them up. Tiny. Well, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I agree. But I would like to have like a true holiday festival here where it's it's actually like holiday themed. Like you I know, like six like, flags maybe, that we have. Yeah, here. like have Except beer version. Christmas bands and have like playing covers <laughs> and all kinds of like you could have some really cool stuff like like a Santa Christmas. metal band orchestra. Yeah, have Trans Siberian Orchestra come out. Just sure. Play. Have Michael Bolton come sing some yeah, Christmas, or Michael Bublé, I should say. There you go. You know what? My, uh, <laughs> you, you know what thing that I really think speaks to the way that North Texas beer has grown and the whole industry has grown. You know, you roll back the clock ten years, 
and Austin was the thing. I mean, if you're in Texas and you want a craft beer, it's it's, some, it's coming out of Austin. There was not hardly anything here. And I honestly think we well surpassed them at this point. I mean, going to ACL, the Deep Elm IPA was their, their signature wow. beer. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm like, I are you kidding that. me? That's from up north. Actually, no. You yeah. H-E-B. They have Deep Elm. Half of their... Half of their craft beer case is Dallas beers. Interesting. And even then, most of that is Deep Ellum. Yeah, true. So, you know. I mean, they still have 512, and they have Jester King. Well, the, and they have, I mean, I love Austin, uh, like Austin uh, Beer Works. Yeah. You yeah. know? Doesn't that speak more to like Deep Ellum's marketing power these days, though? Yeah. But, they're well, really but I'm saying, like, in general. But, I mean, I also saw Lakewood, too. Communities yeah. down there. I didn't even think about that, though. Because Austin, I mean, I, used, I still think Austin's, like, fantastic with Jester King. But that's, like, their... Yeah. I just, huge one. I think yeah. we've had more notable beers come out of here, more notable breweries huh. than Austin had. Like, they had those first wave, and then that's kind of been the ones that have stayed. Like I'm not saying they don't add some, but I feel like our growth has right. been Right. I, f- I feel like much. the ones that have opened up, like, I know I, I mean, usually if I'm down in Austin, it's either for Fantastic Fest or mm-hmm. South by Southwest or something like that. But, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I know, like, for example, I, I try Hops uh, and Grain whenever they first started coming out. I love their beers. Oh, yeah. I wish that we could get them here. I mean, they're just, like, really good quality stuff. Uh, sure. Same with uh, Zilker Brewing. Um, they're, like, off of East 6th Street, and that, they're kind of more of, like, that neighborhood mm-hmm. pub kind of uh, brewery, but I but I really like that, and they have a really awesome effort. Is that the one that's on the train tracks? It's There's near a, the train. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. That yeah, one was like really it cool. It is the neighborhood feel that you can just go yeah, out there, like with your around. kid and your dog, and sit. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dogs. <laughs> Doggies. Like, he wants to touch the puppy, <laughs> but he's not going to. I'm all about the dogs. Um, I, think, I think we're definitely on par with Austin now. Oh, oh yeah. no! I mean, for we sure. don't have our Jester King that's legendary around the nation yet, but. So are we um, good at the hype? Up here, I feel like the hype maybe. I don't think well, we have no. Yeah, no, okay. I think so the hype I think is no. not in Dallas. Yet. I think the hype is with the Bourbon Barrel Temptress model releases. That's the only one. The hype that anything Jester King does. Yeah. No, yeah. sure. You don't have. So but also, like, do we? But also, here's the thing, though: is like, do we? Do we as a whole city's breweries or whatever want that sort of hype because that's where you get like. The super shady, like, Trades. trader dudes, you know, like... Wailing in general. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, try, like paying homeless people to, like, stand in line for them. Like, do we yeah. really want that kind of attention? I mean... You know... Well, I want it... it like, it, you know, I, you know, you I know want what I mean? it for Lakewood... Because I want them to enjoy all the fruits of their labor. Like, right. Like, would I, would, awesome. I want them all to succeed for sure. And yeah. I want, because what character... I do hate so, whaling, though. Be, yes, I hate whaling. But whatever la- benefit Lakewood gets from that is only going to benefit the rest of the market. Sure. Because people will travel here from afar to get that That's beer. That's true. And then they're going to sit here and experience much of what Dallas has to offer. I think that has nothing but a positive benefit. We, Would I like it from a traffic perspective? No. Like, we have enough traffic problems here? No, yeah. stay the hell out of my city. Yeah. <laughs> we may be a little selfish with it. I can see that. Maybe that's why it's not taken off that much because we are selfish, like, with our beers and with our yeah. city. Yeah. And... We don't like a lot of traffic, and yeah. we like our own people. We really don't, I don't like, like traffic. Texas doesn't like other states. Yeah. I mean, well, most other Oklahoma, states. don't yeah. even get me started. Right? It's just like we don't like, we like Texans, yeah. and that's yeah. it. Prairie needs to move south of the border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come back. Come down.
down here. Yeah. Come, down. Come south of the ridge. Just go to Sherman we or something. Will love yeah. you. <laughs> They'll take we'll care take of you, you over there. Yeah, we'll I'm, take I'm pretty sure there's. Just move this, the city of Krebs to. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Texas. A lot. <laughs> or annex it. Oh. Rename Denison yeah. to Krebs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I then, think they moved to McAllister actually recently. Yeah. Is McAllister all the way south on the border? Or am I thinking of. No, it's McAllen. Never mind. It goes like McAllister, Krebs, and then the next city. I don't know what the next city is. So, right. so then let's uh, to kind of try to slightly get it back in back in uh, back in track. Yeah. Like I mean, found, I found like, yeah. <laughs> so I guess where do you guys uh, like? I guess to kind of start sort of wrapping it up. Like, what do you guys think is what is the the future of Dallas like craft beer look like to you guys? Does it look like more brew pubs? More mid cities, more Dallas breweries, more Fort Worth breweries. What, what, what do you, what do you guys think? Like, I mean, from uh, off the top of you, keep in mind that we don't have like a full comprehensive list of uh, stuff that's opening or anything sure. like that. But uh, right. you know, just, uh, just, just in general, like, what's, what's your impression? Like, where, where are we heading? Like, so, you know, after this supposed quote, like little like slight correction, let's call it. I think we're uh, past the wave yeah. of. Sorry, to interrupt. I'm, no, go ahead. I think we're. I was just gonna say. I think we're past the wave so of building. They will come. I think we Gosh. said that in the article. Yes. That you can't just open a brewery anymore and just say, "Hey, I, I make beer." And I like beer. Come. Take my beer. I mean, people will come, but then if you make if you don't make great beer, they won't. They're probably not going to come back. I think it depends on how Dallas evolves. Dallas is. Oh. Dallas is in a period of trying to rediscover its identity. Yeah. For a long time, I think we were the city of hate. Uh, and then for a while we were after like JFK and after like there was a lot of oh I didn't tension. Even, really yeah then it became kind of the for lack of a better term the Los Angeles of Texas is that we were more about mm, big hair. Te- tearing down rebuilding well also yeah. expanding as far Glass, as you possibly yeah, can big yeah. all the way to Oklahoma that's still, that's still yeah suburb, oh, suburban sprawl yeah, yeah. that whole yeah. deal and I, I think we're in another period of trying to figure out what we are I think people and, are moving back in though unlike before I, like, I, mean, I think that's part of why South Dallas is coming back some I'll, and I'll be honest yeah. it feels like what happened with Dallas is that we kind of went through the same thing that Austin did where like you know, Silicon at first, Valley. first it was yeah. like this kind of low key spot where it was pretty cheap to live in, and then, you know, thanks to like I don't know, cool events like South by Southwest, ACL, mm-hmm. all those, then the Californians started moving mm-hmm. in, the condo developers, the, the high rise, mm-hmm. and then it's super expensive to live there. And now the artists that made the city cool can't afford to live there. Right. Right. It feels like with Dallas, what happened is that we skipped the whole cool, let's have South by Southwest and ACL and all those. And, <laughs> and we just went to, from being are- like low cost of living to then like all of a sudden Californians are moving in well, or yeah. whoever. We were trying to be and on the more upper, in, upper end of the economy. Exactly. Like, we weren't trying to... We were trying to be organic and just let things grow. We were always it's all about attracting big businesses and yeah. all that kind of forward. stuff. Yeah, with the yeah, high end everything. True. And yep. now I think I like I would like to think that Dallas is trying to reset a little bit in a, from an identity perspective. I don't think we're as big hair, glitz and glam as we used to be. Here's the thing, though. I would say that. Uh, so are. I walked to There's a lot of like. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not just limited I mean, that way now. So I, 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 I walked through a lot right? of downtown because of work, you know, like g- going to and from work and whatnot. And um, it's funny to like, I mean, I know, I know you're saying that there's maybe a bit of a correction, but I mean, I think it feels so emblemic of Dallas to have right next to City Hall. There's a um, well, you mean renovated. The, you mean downtown Detroit, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Really? Um, the Justice Center. Right next to uh, City Hall, Dallas City Hall. Um, there's these apartments that are fifteen hundred bucks, uh, fifteen hundred dollars a month for rent. They're needlessly luxurious to the point where, like, they have an Xbox room. I don't even know what an Xbox what? room <laughs> is, but I know that it's expensive. Yeah. But it's funny that you have that right next to City Hall, which is right next to all these homeless shelters, which yeah. is right next to all of these tent cities. Right and next to the like bus that. station and next yeah, to that. exactly. Yeah. It just feels like. It, Dallas's expansion and growth are like sort of weird. I mean, no offense to uh, you know uh, company present here, but like the sort of white retaking back of the city, like the urban oh, core, right is, uh, is 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 is, is going to be <laughs> clumsy, and I feel like that might make some neighborhoods just like weirdly unstable. And I don't know at what point craft beer might be able to. To come in, you know. I'm only half white, by the way. I just wanted to. All right, good. Tell you that. Well, well, I, I, I mean, you know, more seventy five. Well, that's been that's been the I thirty divide issue for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I remember a, a goofy metric, but it was like back in the mid aughts, and they measured Starbucks, and they're like, "There's like three hundred Starbucks north Jeez. of thirty, and there's one south of thirty. You know, I, I don't know, just just to give you an idea of how they yeah. divide the city in half. You know, it's just it's yeah. really strange. But I feel like I feel like at least a little bit like with the Cedars and uh, Oak Cliff, and some things are coming back a little bit. At least compared to what they were back. We're in the right, early but what is that? What does that coming back does mean? mean? Does it mean like well, just what apartments well, we, for young professionals and that's yeah, it? Yeah, well, yeah. like or is it? You know, like an actual community being built. You I think know? you're seeing a push and pull between the suburbs and Dallas. Yeah. Like you're seeing all these corporations like Toyota and State Farm and others moving to the suburbs and swamping the suburbs. And they're also swamping Dallas by proxy because yeah. people are moving in Dallas proper and you know commuting north. Um, there's a push and pull of trying to find that identity. Dallas is trying to keep some of that centralized while they realize they're losing to the suburbs. But then you're also seeing families flee out to the suburbs, mm-hmm. some of which is white flight. Like me. Uh, yeah, I'm Jennifer here. She's white flighting. No. Uh, <laughs> half, half white. Half white. Yeah. Half, white. half white flighting oh. out to yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I just think, I think some of that is white flight. And then I think you're seeing the young hobby like yourself, young urban professionals coming back into the city who realize there is value in being here in the city center. Uh, no. You know, being close to culture. Oh. Yeah. I found something interesting when we went to Europe. We actually stayed with a close friend, and he was living in a gentrified area of London. Mm-hmm. And this gentrified area is very similar to, for me to Deep Ellum and kind of those areas. You're starting to get this Silicon Valley feel. You're starting to get these like entrepreneurs, these people that are making apps, all of these young professionals that are moving in. And you need a place for those young professionals to go because even though, like, you may not be making amazing money, you are making a really great amount of money and you don't want to live in the ghetto. And so these places, I think that they're trying to make it more available for these young professionals. At least it seemed like that. Like, literally, it looked like Deep Ellum. You, you would walk out of his apartment and it was a really nice-ass apartment and he's like, don't go right for... I mean, you can go right for yeah. 50 feet, but don't go right for, like, 100 feet. You can go left as long as you want because there's big buildings down there. Continue yeah. to walk all the way down there. But it was, yeah. like, I mean, and I, it's totally different in Europe. It's, like, it's like boxes that people live in in, in a large area. So, yeah, it just it, it kind of felt like that. I know we're a lot younger than Europe, but it was the same feel yeah. that what was going on there kind of feels like what's going on in Dallas 
right now. So yeah, it, uh, you definitely have to have a balance too. I know what Javi means about well, what is what is. Thing, what it's things coming back? What does that mean? Right, because but, I know I've had this argument with Marcus on Twitter where he's yeah. like, I bitch about Deep Ellum's like quote revival, and I'm like, no, yeah. I don't think that it it should happen, but not in the way that it's happening. He's like, well, it's better than like empty storefronts, and I <laughs> remember back in like back <laughs> in the '80s when I was you know like back in whatever. my day. Back in my day, I got, neighborhoods. I, got, I got stabbed. <laughs> but I just I just mean like bringing you know? it back to like. If you're talking about a neighborhood brewery, if you're talking right. about even a strip like this, yeah. that strip I would call this a little no, more organic than just a generic. It really you know, is, yes. Yeah. But those places aren't. They're also not going to come in on Dowdy Ferry, you know. Right now, yeah. I mean, right. you, you got to have some kind of yeah. some kind of baseline, and how you get there is very sensitive and touchy. I know that's that's yeah. the hard thing, hard thing to see, and it's hard it's hard to make that organically happen sometimes, too. You know, I, I, I don't know because you. I, I mean, the, it would be great if it could. The unfortunate reality of small businesses is you have to have capital. And who has capital? Rich people. And what are rich people? A lot of rich people like, you know, tearing down fancy, and rebuilding and making something fancy. Not a lot. Of, there's a lot of folks, you know, with money uh, that they have an ideal vision of what it should be, and it just means tearing the you know, granite structures down. It's a hard thing, man. It's a really it hard is. balance. It, there's, it really is. And that's one thing I like about, you know, Kansas City is Kansas City is, from what I've seen, and this was true of uh, when I was in Kentucky in uh Last month, like they tend to just take the structures and gut the insides and remake them into what they want to be, and so it yes, and not and not like necessarily polished. Like they're they're reusing what they have. That would be nice, and it yes. still looks very organic. Dallas has a bad habit, but this has been going for decades of raising and rebuilding, and it continues and it to continues, this day. But it's not as bad as it used to be. Uh, dude, it, look at Deep Ellum. Like I, know, I mean, I'm I going back saying. to it. Like that hotel is going to be an insane what? eyesore. I know what you're saying. Uh, the uh, the hotel at the uh, corner of Elm and Good Latimer, oh. like that's being built. It's going to be a high rise. Oh. It's like it's going to be like this egregious. Did they tear down that pretty artwork. Is no, that no, no, like that building, the white building, um, is still going to stay. It's going to be part of okay. it, but it's still going to be like this huge high rise hotel. Is that the one that like a few hotel like that's the shut w? down and they're bringing it back, or is this a whole new? No, this is thing? a whole new so thing. Like the w, okay. like the Cool yeah, it's going to be try to be like that. that. And then, like, a few blocks down, like, uh, in on, I think it's off of uh, Hall and uh, Oats. Elm, I wish. <laughs> Hall, Hall and Elm, uh, they're going to have, like, another high-rise apartment oh. where, like, wow. no other structure in the neighborhood yeah. is, yeah, and you yeah. like, a high-rise. That's, can't that's be Victory completely Park. lame. Like you have to strike yeah. a balance. Victory Park came in. Great idea to try to build a little yeah. Times Square of Dallas. But everything was so high-end, nobody wanted to... After Plus, it's a game, not a great place. Exactly. After a game, out. no. Again, you have Parking. to drive yeah, everywhere. Parking sucks. Parking yeah. sucks, and nobody wants to stop and drink when they have to drive ten miles to get home. That's why. Also, I nobody think- wants to drink right after paying like. Thirteen dollars for a Bud Light yeah. at a concert exactly. or a Stars game. And on top of that, yeah. everything was super high-end fashion luxe. Like, I'm not going to stop there to buy no. a two hundred dollar pair of jeans when I'm going to like the cheap seats <laughs> no. at the Mavericks game. The nosebleed. Like, yeah. yeah. They need to, and this is probably everybody thinks this is a public transport. I mean, yeah. trains yeah. and all of that is really when we can't do that in Texas because it's so spread out well, we, and it's really hard but Dallas I mean in like in the city we may be able to but I think that's where we're lacking well, you period have, you because have, everybody wants to transport and different well, spots you want, you have and parking sucks like Allen like yeah. McKinney would love to be part of DART but you have Allen who's blocking it yeah. yeah like they won't let a train come through because 
uh, they don't want to leverage attacks upon their people, Fraction and they also don't want to pay their teachers on top of that. Yeah. But they'll uh, build 50 high schools that cost a quarter billion dollars each, but they don't want to pay their teachers, and they don't want to pay for With a corresponding, access. like, $7 million, you know, exactly. football high school stadium. But if, yeah. if, if we were to merge darts with... I forget what McKinney has, Nar, and Merch Fart over in Fort Worth. Yeah. Fart. And more, yeah. Fart? Dart, the little dart up in Denton. <laughs> like, little, make the just pickle. One. It's called the pickle. Yeah. Uh, the pickle? Yeah. Just call it Nart. <laughs> call it Nart. You know, the, or the tarts. Yeah. Whatever, the, the North Texas Area Transit Rapid System, whatever. Uh, you know, merge them all into one giant transit system with multiple trains going east That'd and west. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. What do you think of the subway idea? I, I'm very much for it. Like, I actually wrote a couple of articles, like, yeah. say, like, honestly, the alternative uh, for what Dart wanted to do, where, you know, to give background to non-local listeners, basically, we have a, uh, <laughs> like, we have a uh, light rail going through uh, downtown. They wanted to expand and add another uh, east-to-west line. And they were saying, okay, well, there's either we cut, we basically expand on the line that's currently here, and then essentially cut out all of East Dallas from downtown, or we do a subway. And I feel like doing the subway <laughs> is the right thing. Just I do have like, you also preserve so many historical buildings, yeah, neighborhoods, and even a church, which, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of, but also like, hey, this is like the oldest church in Dallas. Like, yeah. you there's mean the history club, there. The church, right? The yeah. golf club? Oh, I will. I mean, you know, that's going to stay here forever. Yeah, and Red Jacket. <laughs> Let's keep Red Jacket going, too. The church is forever. It's, it weathered Marilyn Manson and all of those. It'll, it'll be Marilyn here for a while. Manson, yeah. Yeah. So all so, this is about the Dallas area craft beer. This is, yeah, yeah but it, I mean, but 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 it all ties no, together, does, right? Like, does, but yeah. in that interesting though, that like whatever you are talking about beer, yeah. you're not just talking about well, beer is no. beer, like exactly. Beer, yeah, exactly. No, I it know. Is. Yeah. Well, you it's want not like it's not like just a hip hip and over happening no. trend or anything like that. It it, it is part of culture. That's part of the community for sure. That's what came out of this is the access to beer. What what sucks is the traffic and what sucks is the parking. And so how do we get our great beer? We fix it with the subway. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, true. That's like exactly why we need all of the wonderful things to get good beer. And what I was saying as far as how is Dallas going to evolve will determine how the beer scene is shaped. Is because if it it becomes more like Denver where it's a walkable more commuter or transit city then you're going to see more you're going to see more places like Good Friend. You're going to see more places like Brain Dead, because they they will serve the local scene and people will come to see them. Yeah. And they will serve the local scene. But if we don't keep that up, then all we're going to see, we're going to continue to see, is we'll see these little pockets like these two breweries and a couple others. Everything else is just going to be in a warehouse district, or it's going to be in some outlying outpost. That you have to drive to, or take a, or take an Uber to, or something like that. Right. It just depends how Dallas wants to shape itself. How are we going to continue to shape ourselves? I, we'll see. I do think production brewing is going to be a lot less. Yeah, going forward. Absolutely. Though. I think it's going to be a lot more of the neighborhood stuff for sure. Yeah, I think I think production brewing is, I don't know, kind of just the way that some breweries staved off, yeah. like going away completely. True. You know? Well, a lot yeah. of them ran. They didn't run lean enough. They no. ran. They either got too big for the britches, or they weren't running lean enough in the first place. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe Firewheel, maybe great investment in the building. They ran maybe too lean, just having one brewer, one employee <laughs> for the entire brewery. Yeah, uh, who ran everything from from marketing to making the beer. That's too little. That's too lean. Mm. And then not making the beer that you're known for. 
there, there's a happy middle ground there. So. Yep. I'm also hoping that um, we get those cool releases here at some point. The what? Like the cool releases. Like, yes. Not like, I mean, Jester King has amazing cool releases, and I think that that's kind of what we're missing here. Yeah. Um, and getting that really cool beer. I know you guys don't like the whale things, but that's like my favorite thing. Like going up to BA Christmas Bomb. That's, it's that's not that I don't so enjoy the beer. Fun. I like specialty. I, hate, I, I just hate the trade I just hate the yeah. mentality hate around it. So we like, always go and I always go thinking that I'm going to trade it. I don't. Yeah. I drink all that that's yeah. my beer. Like, I definitely... The only thing that I ever even traded was the Eagle Tears because yeah. some guy had to fool with his, like, best friend for Eagle Tears. And it's just a little goze. And so, I mean, it's delicious, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beer hilarious. trading on the whole is not necessarily a bad thing at all. No. It's just no, that... It's whenever you're trying yeah. to make, a like, a eBay a profit, out of yeah. it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate the beer. I love the beer. It's just I... I don't have a lot of patience to just sit in a line, you know, or, or whatever. Like, I... That's just not me. Yeah. And, and if I miss you, the beer, I miss the beer. You unless know? you have fun in the line. Yeah, and that's true. The lines have Which been in, kind I have of not a, had fun in. It's like a weird, weird niche group that will drink and get drunk with you and yeah. have a blast. And it's M- Marcus would rather hire a homeless to stand with him for him. Yeah, ta- yeah. that's what Tess He's like, I'm for. not going to go there. I'm going <laughs> to give yeah. someone else the money to go yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, right. you can give me all the money. I'll be your homeless <laughs> person. Yeah. <laughs> Any closing thoughts or statements or anything like that i mean like i said all uh, you know like here's my deal is that i love our current like our, our our beer scene here but i'm also highly critical of it because i love it you know yeah. like i'm never well, coming at it from a, like malicious or sarcastic you're not or, dream poor critical though or, you're yeah, right right exactly yeah. but but you know but i think that there's uh there's definitely room for improvement. I think we we've got a good thing going. Like I've, we've got quite a few breweries that not only they themselves are like a known quantity, but they're also producing good stuff. But they're also going out of their way to make um, the weird experimental stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what we need to continue. I think that there needs to be more of a focus for sure, not only in maybe where breweries open but also what styles that they choose to brew but that's going to be up to their discretion but i think that that's going to be the way that you know hopefully we'll get to the you know like i don't know the big portland denver chicago like brewery scene kind of kind of levels because i think we've got the potential and i think that you know we you know if we're going off of gabf metals alone like i mean we've got quite a few breweries like in their first two like year or two that were winning those oh, yeah. medals, and I think that that's something to be proud of uh, for both, you know, the brewers themselves and also us, you know, as part of our identity here in the city, yeah. city you know? Yep. So, I think what Texas about y'all? as a whole is doing really well. I think Dallas is, Dallas is, didn't do as well this year, but they've done really well in the past. Um, I think Dallas has a bright future. I think North Texas has a bright future. I, I keep saying Dallas, but I mean North Texas in general. Um, unfortunately, we everybody, are, we everybody are including Texas. we, no, just we just lump everybody in with Dallas. It's just the name. It's what it is. It is DFW. what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. DFW. DF Dubs. D- DFW is a bright scene. It just doesn't have the spotlight that yeah. it probably deserves yet. And Absolutely. It's just going to take time. Like, we, we came into a market that was pretty mature as an immature beer production city. Um, but we still have a ways to go. We're not as far back as some others. But we've made a name for ourselves, and I think um, I think the future is bright. But I think we're going to see more closures before even 2018 is done. I think we're gonna, probably going to see 
probably four to five more breweries close as a result. Um, sad day. It'll be sad for sure. It but will also, be, but like, it's just natural. It, yeah. We just can't, in the current culture we're in, you just can't. Well, mediocre we'll beers. I, I, I think there'll at least be some retraction, like we've seen. I don't know if yeah. there'll be that many closures. Maybe but not it, closures, but retraction to neighborhood or something. Yeah. I'm just—I guess I'm saying—from being full production breweries, I don't think that's going to last. As a majority, yeah, there's not going to be many breweries without just awesomely fantastic beer that gets to do that. And I, I second what you say. I think Texas overall is kind of underrated. Uh, Austin's been good for a while. Um, they continue to maintain, and they're growing. I know they grow past what I know because there's a lot of stuff we can't get here. Uh, but, you know, they're so notable. We're, we're doing really well in the North Texas area. Even Houston's got notable. I mean, oh, you've still, yeah. got, still got St. Arnold rolling. Yeah. you got Lone Pine. you got, you know, um, the one out of Conroe that does Buried Hatchets. Buffalo. Um, Southern Star. Buffalo Bayou's down there. Southern, and, um, Southern, Southern Star. Southern Star, Southern Star. yeah. No, no, no. Is it Southern Star? Yeah, Southern, Southern Tier. Star. Southern Tier is out of New York. No, no, no. But, like, isn't Southern Star their lager? It's that same brewery, okay. right? No, no. I Southern Star was the brewery. Oh, okay. It is? Yeah. What's the name? Oh, is it Bombshell Blonde? That's Bombshell Blonde yeah, is their brewery. Okay, that's what I was thinking. But, yeah, I mean, Houston's, Houston's doing well. Uh, I think yeah. uh, San Antonio is a little bit behind, and we talked to uh, we talked to them about the To that. Ranger. Yeah, yeah, to Ranger about that, and just kind of surprised that they they only have, like, Three, four breweries. Or yeah, something but like you that. know what really though, like Ranger, Ranger Creek though. I've yeah. been collecting their special reserves mm. for like years now. You, yeah, you know, no, they're, so they're like, solid. Yeah, those are like that's one of actually the first breweries that like I remember so just yeah, like trying to collect the you know like they had the fancy uh, wax over the oh yeah the over pretty, the over the, the cap yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. No, they have some great stuff, and we got some great stuff in the brewery that day, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just surprised, but I'm sure, you know, if they'll probably pick it up at some point, or maybe San Antonio's just not as into it. But overall, the state, yeah, uh, I think the state's in a really good position. And, I mean, we're not California or Oregon or anything yet, but I think it's I think it's getting closer. We are ginormous, by the way, that everybody's that's not listening. It's like we're like four states big. Yeah, exactly. So when we talk about, we're like, like, these different... We're like five Oregons. Yeah, when we talk about these different cities, it's like a different state, so... Yeah, for mm-hmm. for most other states, they would be other states. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fort Worth would be another state, right? Oh, okay. It's at least like the <laughs> lo- like trying to get there is about a Rhode Island or yeah. so. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah. And how about you? Oh my Any god! Thoughts? Any closing thoughts? Uh, I'm excited to see the future of everything. Um, I agree with both of my co-hosts, too, with the micro microbreweries opening and hoping to have some more focus. And, yeah, I'm just excited. Like I said on your little article. The oh, thing, little article. <laughs> little, oh, little buddy. <laughs> it was actually really long. It was he typed really it himself long. in no, everything. Yeah, it was. No, it was, it, on your article, I... <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm little. I'm like five one, so everything is little. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on on your article, I did say that my favorite thing is the community and the love and everything that goes into craft beer, including its people that make it, the people that make make it, the people that drink it, and the people that are all involved in it. Even the puppy dogs, like right next to you, is a is a perfect example. You Super can bring creeping your inf- on that dog. Yeah, right. He's like, I want to touch it. <laughs> you can bring your infant to breweries. I mean, that's what it's all about. And if we continue continue to go on that trend, I think that's where we need to be. Well.
Well, thanks for listening to episode 124 of Brew Bloods. Thanks to Javi for turning the tables on us. It was a lot of fun. If you're not subscribed to the show, you should be. It's 100% free, and you can find us everywhere fine podcasts are found. If you have any feedback on the show or any questions, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com, or you can call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. And, of course, you can find us on all the social networks as at brewbloods, just about everywhere. So for Dustin, Jennifer, and Javi, this is Mark saying prost. Prost.